This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. How many are excited for a new season? If you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to listen to the message online because uh, it really is the setup for this morning. Um, but I honestly believe that it is time for you to experience a new season. How many are sick of the old? How many are sick of thinking in the old and talking like the old and acting like the old? And how many want to live in the new? Amen? Well, we, our theme verse from last week was 2 Corinthians 5.17. I just want to read it again very, very quickly and and we're going to come back to this a couple of times this morning uh, because it really frames and sets into motion everything that I want to say this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank you, James. That was good. He not only wants to sing, but he also... <laughs> He's good. He's my cheerleading section. I appreciate him. But I tell you, you are a new creation. When you make the decision to come to Christ... And you say, Jesus is first in my life. He just doesn't rehabilitate you. He recreates you from the inside out. How many would hope that he'd work on the outside a little bit too? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, you know, he's working on you on the inside out. And that's the most important thing. But it says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, some things have become new. Behold, some things, behold, all things have become new. Some of us in our Christian walk, or maybe you've never even started a Christian journey, but I encourage you today, before you leave, to start one. Some of us have this mindset that when we get to heaven, then all things. When we get to heaven, then something will happen. And when we get to heaven, then we can have. And then when we get to heaven, then everything's going to be okay. I don't know about you, but I would like to experience a little bit of heaven on earth. Right? And this morning, I want you to understand that when Jesus Christ came into your life, if you've made that decision to say, I want to live for Jesus, then all things have become new. The word that we actually talked about last week is the Greek word kainos, which literally means a new form, something fresh, something recently made, something unused or unworn, of a new kind, unprecedented, uncommon, and unheard of. That is what God is declaring over you. Can you imagine that God himself is sitting on the edge of his throne looking down at you every single morning that you wake up? In the morning, he's looking at you saying, Wow, guys, this is something that's going to be unprecedented today. Unheard of today. Because they're living for me. Anything is possible because they've put me first. Do you believe that this morning? Well, we actually had a wonderful, wonderful summer. And one of the things that we were able to do this summer was to actually get away for three weeks, which was a massive blessing for our family. And one of the things that we did actually two or three times this summer, which we love, we went to Sandbanks. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to Sandbanks with five kids, but it's a blast. And uh, you're like a child all over again. And one of the the traditions of going to Sandbanks is that at one point in the day, at some point, it doesn't have to 
there's necessarily no timeline on when this has to happen, but it happens every time. Daddy sits in a chair, and the kids start to pile the sand up all around my feet, and it starts walking up my my legs, and they want to bury the bottom of my legs, my ankles, my feet in sand so that I can't move. Their goal is to get me to stand up and kind of do one of the, you know, the the, uh, Tin Man from... You know, from the Wizard of Oz where he starts leaning all the way around. That's what they wanted to do. So they have this system where they pile a whole bunch of sand. And they keep piling a whole bunch of sand. But in the midst of all of this, there's always one designated child that's responsibility is to go get water and pour the water on so it flattens it down and, and just makes it really, really hard. And they keep doing that. So Abigail, this last time, Abigail was the person in charge of bringing the water. For those that don't know Abigail, she's three years old and as cute as anything, and she can win over anybody. So I just keep telling her to go tell everyone Jesus loves you, because they'll never say no to her, ever. I mean, it's, you just can't say no to Abigail. She's too cute, and she knows it. That's the problem, but that's okay. So she grabbed this bucket, not knowing that there was a crack in the bucket. And what started with her going to the, to the edge of the water and filling up the bucket and walking back, just nice kind of, you know enjoying her little stroll back up and pouring it on to daddy's feet, she started noticing something. Water was starting to leak out. So she'd go back, and she'd fill up her bucket, and she'd start to walk back really fast. And every time she comes, there was more and more water leaking out. So she'd go back again, kind of like Grover, near, far, you know, back and forth. Anyhow, she'd grab this bucket, and then she'd start running. And when she ran, she lost all the water. She's getting frustrated. She's like, I'm not getting ahead in any way. This is totally frustrating. And what she didn't realize is after every single time she was doing this, she was putting the bucket down with frustration. And every single time she's slamming the bucket down with her water, the crack was getting bigger and bigger. So it didn't matter how fast she ran, and it didn't matter how much water she put in the bucket. Every single time she was trying to come back, she was losing water. She was leaking out. You know what I'm saying? And this is what's a hard thing about this. But one of the things that I noticed with this little experience was how much this ties into reality for us. How many times do we feel like God puts an opportunity or a, a, a purpose or a sense of destiny in our bucket of life and we keep leaking it out? Everywhere we go, we're getting frustrated because we're running, 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 running to catch up to something that we think we're supposed to catch up to. And in reality, we're losing more and more of our purpose. And then we slide back into the old seasonal patterns because we're frustrated and we give up. Abigail actually gave up. She got so frustrated, she totally quit. Threw the bucket down, walked away, never wants to touch a bucket ever again in her life. Of course, that happened for about 30 minutes and then she was back at it. But so much of what happened with that bucket was interesting. Not only was she frustrated, not only did she leak out, but that bucket now lost its original design and purpose, which was to make sandcastles that no longer had the ability to do it. Because now the sand leaked out. And I want to talk to you this morning about a very interesting uh, parable, a story that Jesus told. And he's talking about the difference between the old season and the new season and how we embrace the new season and how we get past the old season. And it's a very interesting Bible passage is something that maybe some of us have read, but it's not necessarily something that I think we spend a lot of time on. Um, But it is found in Luke chapter uh, 5. And just before we get that, I want to give a little bit of history uh, about this scripture. So he's going to be talking about 
Um, the connection between wine, new wine, and new wineskins, or old wine versus old wineskins. And some of you may think to yourself, okay, well, I know what wine is, but what in the world is a wineskin? Well, thank you for asking. Um, it is a leather bag made of animal skin. The most common skin that was used was goat skin. You're saying, I don't really need a history lesson today. No, I'm going to give you a history lesson because I want you to follow along the significance of how this all ties in. It says, oftentimes would be made from goat skin. They would bind up the openings at the neck, and that's where they would tie it off so that they would make sure they wouldn't lose anything. Um, they were often used to store what's called new wine. And for those that know your Bible history, new wine was not fermented wine. It was not alcohol. It was grape juice. That left in a new wineskin would, would expand and would actually ferment over time. But what was originally placed inside that wineskin, it actually was just grape juice. It was just juice. It's interesting is they were tanned with acacia bark and they were actually left hairy on the outside. Can you imagine getting your morning orange juice from a hairy goat skin bag? <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's not exactly something that makes me want to eat, drink, or do anything. But that's what they had to deal with every single morning when they wanted a drink. They would come to that thing and they'd look at that, gar- at that hairy goat skin uh, wine skin and they'd look at it and go, okay, hey, let's, uh, here we go. Morning coffee, here we go, woo But I want to read in Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 38. And you can follow along with me on the screen. It says this, Then he spoke, Jesus spoke, a parable to them. He says, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Those that are seamstresses would know. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Listen, Jews in in that day understood that if a piece of new or unshrunk garment was sewn upon something that was already old and stretched and used, it would only make the issues bigger, right? Abigail running back and forth thinking she's going to save whatever water she's got left, think, she thought she was going to make it better. In actuality, she was tired, she was frustrated, and she got cranky. And you don't want to see a three-year-old cranky, okay? Um, but here's what's happening. A new thought, a new idea a new hope, a new purpose will never, ever connect to an old thought and to an old way of living. It'll ruin both. That's what he's saying. It'll ruin both. It destroys it. Very interesting part of this last piece. It says, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. You have to understand that as you're processing through your life, there are certain people in your life that cannot carry on with you to the new season. They don't match. They don't fit. They're not aligned. They don't think the way you think. I'm not saying we have to go around and just find everyone that thinks perfectly the way we think, because that's ludicrous. But what I am saying is, is the people that are most important in your life, the people that are, that are around your inner circle, they've got to be people that are speaking life into you and, and walking with you and helping you get to where you need to go. If they're not calling you forth into the new season and they're constantly dragging you back into the old, how many know it's time to dump the friends? All three of you. That was good. Huh. So after, we're going to have a ceremony. I'm just joking. We're not going to do that. No. But you have to understand that an old patch of cloth can never be fit on something new. When I grew up, and mom, you probably remember this, that whenever the boys, because you had three of them, would play too much, we'd always have holes in your jeans. You know how it was. Holes in the pants, same spot for every guy, right here. And so we'd get the patches, right? But the patches 
would only last for so long. Because when you kept playing, it actually would grab the rest of the cloth and make the hole bigger. And that's what it did every single time. Now, it would, it would solve the problem for a little bit, but it never solves the problem for a long term. This is the issue that I want you guys to see this morning, is whenever you're struggling to get into the new season in your life, the enemy will supernaturally, in his own creative ways, bring people into your life or surround you with people that are going to make comments or, or hold you in a place that is still the old. But you've got to make a decision to break free. That could be, for some of you, business partners. That could be some friends in school. That could be anything. It could be your neighbors. It could be, could be uh, family members. <laughs> I'm not saying that, do you know anything about that? But what I'm saying is, you have to understand that the most important people in your life have got to be speaking new season thoughts. Because if they're speaking old, you're going to just keep falling back into the same place, and you're going to be frustrated because you're leaking water, and so were they. Right? And, and then at the end of it, you're going to lose the very purpose for why you were created. Because you're down the road of frustration. God wants to say to you this morning, it's time for the new. And it's time for the new in every area, not just for you, but for everything that surrounds you because God believes in you. Do you believe that this morning? Verse 37, it says this, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilt and the wineskins will be ruined. You have to understand that when new wine is placed into wineskins and it's sealed off, the gases from the fermentation process are the very thing that causes you to stretch. It's the very thing that causes those wineskins to stretch. Sometimes we go through circumstances that we don't like, but God is using it to stretch us. And we go, oh, I don't like this. But if you have a new mindset, and you have a new faith and a new purpose in your life, and you're living in the new, then you will successfully stretch. And think about this have the ability to hold more. Far too many people haven't moved past an old mindset, an old hurt, an old wound, an old thought of rejection, an old thought of this, an old thought of that. And what happens is, is when God brings his new, you don't have the ability to contain it, and you stretch and you burst. And then everything's ruined. I want you to see today, God wants you to know that he believes in your new season even more than you do. He's fighting for you. He believes in you because he knows the potential that is in your life. Verse 38 says this, but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. Both are preserved. Huh. How many have ever tried to save a friendship only in the process lose both? God is saying, if you do things in the new season with the new mindset in my way, you're going to restore and save both things. You're not going to lose anything. There's going to be no leakage. There's going to be no spiritual leakage. There's going to be no financial leakage. How many are sick and tired of financial leakage? <laughs> How many are sick and tired of, of relational leakage? God wants to say to you this morning, listen, it is possible. It is possible. God loves you. One of the things that they often talk about in the, in the process of new wine fermenting and, and aging is they talk about the, the, the process called maturity. It's interesting that they actually use that word, when new wine matures, right? And so it's a very, very same thing that when we embrace the new in a new way to get the best out of it, it when, is when we allow maturity to happen in our lives. 
But how many know that maturity never happens in a moment? It takes place over time. Right? And just like Abigail running back and forth, we don't have time. But God is saying, listen, if you can fix the bucket first, the bucket represents your life, your mindset, your heart, your values, your this, your that. If you can trust God to replace and give you the new bucket, the new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, then you don't have to run. You don't have to rush. You don't have to worry about losing anything. You don't have to worry about leakage because you can just take your time. Pick up the water. God's got everything in control. You can just bring it over and pour it on. It's a lot less stressful doing things God's way. I've learned. Trust me. Don't do it the other way. It doesn't work. When Jesus was actually talking about this parable, he was actually speaking to his disciples and to some Pharisees that were present. And the Pharisees were questioning Jesus' disciples about fasting and saying, well, if you were to fast like this and you were to pray like this, then everything would be okay, right? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that we should change our fasting principles and we shouldn't pray like this anymore? And Jesus' response was, you can't put a new idea onto an old wineskin because both will break. And this is what he was saying. He was, he was referencing Judaism, but he was basically saying, listen, any new thought, any new spiritual idea that I'm trying to implant into your mind and into your heart will bear no fruit unless you change your ways and get into the new. God wants you to get into the new. Amen? It's interesting here, when you actually look at the story, he was actually dealing with what I call the rejection syndrome. When you look at the, the nation of Israel at the time and, and humanity even today, you could see that every single person in history, I don't know if you've ever seen this on the news lately, but every single person in human history has a natural rejection syndrome towards the things of God. God comes and says this, and we go, what? I say, what's up? I said, don't you tell me what to do. Don't you tell me to get my life straight. Don't you tell me that I'm wrong. And we go, uh, um, I didn't say that. Jesus said it. (laughs) Does that work? Right? I want you to understand this morning that every single person that you know will have a, a moment in their life where they struggle with this rejection syndrome. Most people will immediately resist anything different from what they naturally believe. Right? But the key is, is if we can evaluate it, and if we can, if we can honestly consider what God is saying, and make the adjustment to let go of the old and embrace the new, then your life will no longer have leaked opportunities and leaked sense of purpose, because God is going to restore it all. God is in the God of restoring. He is a God of restoration. I remember back in the day when I was really struggling to kind of get out of what I had grown up in. And a lot of it was good, but some of it was negative, and some of it was bad, and some of it was what I would call religious thinking. But when I was processing through that, I I kept kind of going through this idea of, you know, is my mind, is my heart really, really trained to respond to God's voice and to God's leading? And I had to come to this realization at one point in my life that it wasn't. Now, I could play the church game. How many know that you can play the church game? How many know that we can play the Christian game pretty good? But at some point in my life, I had to realize, am I truly responsive? In other words, do I have a soft and tender heart that's pliable towards the things of God? Or do I have this rejection syndrome where as soon as someone says something, I go, whoop, and the wall comes up. And I realized in my early 20s that, man, I had a big wall. But it wasn't helping anything. I don't know if you guys have heard the law of inertia other than Dr. James. 
Um, but the law of inertia is a very interesting scientific law. It talks about that anything will have a tendency to remain at a fixed position or condition unless something is acted upon it, unless something impels something upon it, it's always going to stay in that position or in that condition. If matter is in motion, the tendency then, because of inertia, is to stay in motion. If it's not moving, its tendency is to stay not moving. And so if we live in the old, think in the old, speak in the old, act in the old, then we're going to, because of the law of inertia, we're going to stay in the old. That's what we're going to do. So at some point, we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I think, first of all, I don't think it's as hard as you think. Sometimes we get into, the, into Christian circles or into church life, and we, we look at some of these things that we feel like God's asking us, and we feel like it's an impossibility. God, why would you ask us to do that? I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can measure up. And the conclusion that I've come to from my own life, so I'm just going to share something from my own life. Um, that doesn't mean it has to apply to you. But if I want my relationships to be in a new season, then I have to let go of the unforgiveness from the old. If if I want my finances to be blessed in a new season, then I have to align my strategies financially to align it with God's purposes and plans for my life. If you want your health to be better in the new season... Listen to your wife. <laughs> that was for her. Um, it was in my notes just to make sure with a little smiley face just so I didn't miss it. Anyhow, it's good. But the point is, is that, that in everything in life, God's new season is going to require something. It's going to require something. But it's not this hard thing. It's not this 12-step program that's going to solve all life's program. And I'm all for some of the things that are out there. It's going to be God's word confronting your life personally and saying, that's old season. Would you like the new? And you say, yes. That's it. It's that simple. And then what God's going to start to do is he's going to say, okay, um, see that, that little issue over there? Yeah. You've got to deal with that. Because if you don't deal with that relational problem, all the old thoughts of rejection and all the old thoughts of this are going to come back and drag you back into the old. And you're going to start leaking again. So he's given you a new bucket. He's given you a new bucket, a new creation. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. He's given you a new bucket to be able to hold and contain the plan and the purpose of God for your life. So what happens if we go back to the old and our our bucket bursts? What happens? God will give you a new bucket, just like Sandra and Cameron gave Abby a new bucket, because we love her. God loves you. And he's got 1.8 bajillion buckets for your life if you blow the other ones, because that's the kind of God that we serve. Some of you in this place today say, well, you don't know what I've done the last year. It's okay. Yeah. We all got problems. Okay. That's good. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Um, One of the greatest ploys of the old bucket is to say, this is just how it's going to be for the rest of your life. 
get used to it. Just accept it. This is how people are always going to see you. This is how they're always going to treat you. This is just your lot in life. And you know what? In some ways, you made your bed, now you lie in it. Tough on you. I'm so thankful God doesn't say that. Humans say that. And some days, I have to admit, on some days I've said that or thought it. There's days I've thought it, definitely, and some days it slipped out. But we serve a God of restoration. We serve a God that is so full of buckets for you. It's amazing when you look at Scripture how everything's perfectly tied together. Nothing is put in the Bible without God seriously thinking about it and processing through it. In the Gospels, there's actually three references to this story. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John doesn't talk about it, but Luke's the, kind of the biggest uh, passage in it. But I want to just take a second just to read Mark for you. It's chapter 2, verses 21 to 22. We have it on the screen behind us, and it says this. And I want to just make reference to one little thing. It says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put in new wineskins. I always love the Bible for a lot of different reasons. But one of the things that's very interesting about Scripture is when you actually look into the original language of the Bible. So in this particular situation, uh, it's, it's a form of Greek and it's a form of Aramaic uh, language. No Old Testament, for the most part, was written in Hebrew. But when you actually look at the words there, you would think from the English that they're using the same word. New wine is the Greek word nuos. means new as in respect of time. New wineskin means, is the actual Greek word kainos different word. New creation. It's not new as in time. It's new in respect to quality. Not in respect to time, but into quality. And the enemy has always tried to say to you, your time's over. Your time is done. You can't redeem. You can't redeem. You can't redeem. You can't get it back. You messed up. You messed up. You messed up. You messed up. That's the area that the enemy lives in. He lives in the area of time. And with respect to time, new with respect to time, you've blown it, you can't get it back. God says, no, 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 I live in the realm of kainos. Kainos. New with respect to quality. The old is gone, the new has come, the new bucket has arrived. So I want you to understand this morning that when God looks at you, he's not looking at you like you've blown it. And time is wasted. Because the Bible says that he will redeem everything that you've gone through in your life for good. He redeems it all. You say, well, you don't know how many years I've been living with this issue. God does. And he loves you so much, he's still willing to offer you kainos. He's not giving you nuos, he's giving you kainos. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of time over here. No, I'm going to make you a new creation. I'm going to give you a new bucket. And I'm going to restore the very purpose, the very plan, the very heart of God, the very heartbeat of God for your life. As if it was originally given from the very beginning of the foundation of the world with nothing stolen and nothing missing. Everything that God had originally planned and purpose. You getting it this morning?
It's interesting in the Greek language, there's, um, there's a sister word to kainos. It's called keros. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But in one of our stories from last week, John chapter 5, it talks about a man who had a inf- uh, sickness for 38 years and he had stood and literally waited by this pool of Bethesda in hoping that one day someone would put him in the pool of Bethesda so he could be healed. Because the Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 4, and I'm going to read this here, it says this, For an angel went down at a certain time, say certain time, into the pool and stirred up the waters. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. The word for certain time there is the word keros. Uh, you want to know what it means? It means the Leafs are going to win the cup. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Woo! No, I'm just joking. That's not what it means, okay? That's, uh, somebody so rudely gave me a piece of paper today. And I, I, I won't say who. But I got to read this today because it was, I, I almost was thrown off to such a degree that I almost couldn't speak today. And it says, what does a Leaf fan do after the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup? He turns off his Xbox and goes to bed. I'm not mentioning any names as to who could have done that, but um, I love you anyway. But the word keros means a set time, a due time, God's divine time, and your time of opportunity. So I want you to see something here, because I want to tie this stuff together. God's keros times always come. But if we're not living in a chaos mindset, we'll leak out those opportunities every single time. And then the first reaction is, well, God, you did. God, you didn't do. God, you... I'm telling you, he should be suing us for libel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for all the times that we put something back on him that he never did. But what you've got to see this morning is that God's chaos time Times of new opportunity, times of purpose, times of destiny. He's given it to you right now. But you've got to fix your bucket. You've got to fix your bucket. And if you're embarrassed at how much duct tape you've put on your bucket, I dare you, double dog dare you, to take that duct tape bucket with all the homemade glue and all of the stickers you put around them like Abigail and take it to the foot of the cross and leave it at the feet of Jesus and pick up your new bucket and never go back. Ezekiel 36, verse 26, and I'm going to end with this this morning. And it says this, and I will give you a new heart. Cameron's paraphrase, I'm going to give you a new bucket. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I'll take out that stony, stubborn heart, that cracked, beat up old bucket, and give you a tender, responsive heart. Listen, I'm not here to say this morning that, listen, I can relate to everything you've gone through or that you should just get over the issues of the past and it should just be a simple choice. And I'm not, I mean, the reality is, is we, every single person in this room right now has a particular set of struggles or issues that are very personally difficult for us. 
but God can handle it. And I guess if there's one thing I want to say this morning, if there's only one thing that you can get this morning, only one thing, is stop carrying that old bucket anymore. Stop carrying it. Stop putting stuff in your old bucket and getting frustrated why it keeps leaking. Stop sharing that same bucket with the same group of friends that you always share it with and expect different results. It's not going to happen. Grab a new bucket. Grab people that are going to inspire you to live the new season in your life. Surround yourself with a church family. If maybe you've never even made a decision to call this church home, I want to encourage you. Make a decision to say, impact's my home. These are the people that I want to live with my new bucket. Because I'll tell you right now, there's nothing more powerful than when God can make us a kainos, a new life, and gives us a keros, a divine time of opportunity. Because with it comes purpose. What's the greatest, I don't want to say the greatest, but I say top three struggles that people have in their life right now is a sense of a loss of purpose. No destiny. Why, why am I here? What am I doing? What am I... What am I doing with my life? I don't even know where it's going. Yeah, I work every day or I go to school every day and I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really feel anything. I don't feel like I'm doing anything of significance or of value. God wants to restore that this morning. And he wants you to believe this morning that you have a purpose and you have a plan and that no matter what the enemy has done in your life, nothing can take away from God's heart, his love, and his joy of relationship with you. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.